We're going to turn now to the Word of God, which, which speaks and never returns uh, empty and void. We are going to uh, continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit. We're looking at faithfulness this morning. So we're going to look at two passages. Um, one is uh, Paul's, Paul, who wrote Galatians, his description of, uh, of his sufferings and God's faithfulness in the midst of that. And then uh, at our passage we've been looking at from Galatians 5. So this is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 29, and it will be on the screen uh, behind me. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers." I have labored and toiled and had often gone without sleep. I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Galatians Chapter 5, verse 22. I think I do have it memorized by now, but I'm just going to make sure. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I think about God's preserving, enduring faithfulness in the lives of his people, when I think about that, I think about Augustine. I know I've been talking about him a lot. I am like a walking advertisement for this book, but I'm going to keep bringing it up until you guys read it. Every single last one of you. My old friend is giving me a cut of all royalties. Um, No, it's a fabulous book, and uh, On the Road with St. Augustine has a chapter on mothers. And I was just reminded of the power of Monica, her enduring faithfulness. She experienced the faithfulness of God in her life, and she didn't give up. Her husband wasn't a Christian, her children weren't Christians, but she never gave up, and she constantly brought them before God and prayed for them, and lived a life in front of them that revealed Christ, and shared with them as the Holy Spirit gave her opportunity. And eventually, in God's timing, probably not on her timeline or in the way that she would have liked it, but eventually, her son Augustine, at the age of 31, gave his life to Christ, was baptized, 
and went on to change the world in such profound ways that new books are being written about him 1,600 years later because he speaks to our time. Our hearts are restless until they rest in God the Father, the Creator, the One that has made us. And Monica, you know, she was a Christian. It kind of came naturally to her. It was part of her heritage and her upbringing. But her son, Augustine, was, was a very brilliant boy and a very brilliant teenager. And he was very worldly. And he chased the things of this world. And he thought that his mom's faith was, was a little too simplistic, was a little bit backwater, backwoods, too black and white perhaps. He was born in Africa and his mother was a North African like himself, but he wanted to be in the metropolitan areas. He wanted to go to Rome. He had the education. He had the good looks. He had the success. He had everything. And what did he need with his mom's tired, old, simple religion? And yet, she was faithful. And even through his rebellion... She was faithful. She never stopped praying. And we have these wonderful uh, you know, writings from Augustine that speak of his love for his mother and the way that God used her to bring him to faith. And here is a, here's a prayer card from a church uh, that bears her name over in Italy. And uh, the writer says that It's a prayer, even in a clunky English translation, that is a prayer that many mothers know by heart. God, Holy Father, mercy for those who trust in you. You granted your servant Monica the invaluable gift for reconciling the souls with you and one another. With her life, her prayers, and her tears, she took her husband Patrick and her son Augustine to you. In her, we praise your gifts. By her intercession, give us your grace. Mothers are signs of God's faithfulness to us. Mothers who never give up. Mothers who pray for us, who nurture us, who share God's love and grace upon us. God was faithful to Monica, and she responded through her faithfulness and through her life. So, has God been faithful to you? Has God been faithful to you? Has God been good to you through your lifetime? As you reflect, as you look in the rearview mirror, where have you seen God's goodness and faithfulness? to you? And how do you respond to that, to what he's done? I love that verse. I share it a lot with you guys. Philippians 1, 6. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress. I remember our dear sister Lois The first time I said that to you guys three years ago, she said, boy, it's so refreshing to hear a pastor say, I'm a work in progress. But it's true, all of us, 
All of us are works in progress. And God, and yet, yet, God has began a good work in us. And he is the one that's faithful to bring it to completion, to work out his good purpose in in our lives. So this morning, I just want to unpack with you as we look at these scriptures. You know, what is biblical faithfulness? When the Bible talks about faithfulness, what is it referring to? What does it mean? And then how can we respond to that? What is faithfulness and, and how do we respond? How do we practice it? How, we, how do we live it out? How do we stay rooted in the vine? Remember, these last weeks we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Staying connected to the vine and fruit naturally comes because it's the Holy Spirit's work, not our own. Faithfulness, according to the Bible, is this idea of never giving up. You know, that, not, that God never gives up on us. So why would we ever give up on other people? God's faithfulness to us. The, um, you hear these stories and they just remind us of the power of God to do anything. I, through the ministry of, of uh, Resonate, our you know, global missions, I heard about a story of a 108-year-old woman who became a Christian. Isn't that amazing? If you lived 108 years without God, and then he opened your eyes to his grace, God never gives up on people. As his people, why, why would we do that? Why would we give up? There's, a, there's an amazing Hebrew word for God's faithfulness, hesed. And it's, you know, it's God's covenant love to his people. It's his commitment to us. It's his promise that he's going to be faithful. That he's always going to be faithful no matter what. I love the way that uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones, there's this amazing, you know, Jesus Storybook Bible. We've got it in the nursery. We've got it here. Uh, It's a great book for your kids, your grandkids. The way that she defines God's faithfulness and this idea of hesed, she uses it in, all, in a lot of these stories um, in the Jesus Storybook Bible. She says it's God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. I see some of you out there nodding because you've experienced that. Maybe you lived a lot of your life without God, and yet his love for you never gave up. He kept pursuing you. It was unbreaking. It was always, it was forever. It never stopped. It never gave up. And finally, God tackled us from behind, and we submitted to him. That's his faithfulness. And that's the fruit of the Spirit that we are talking about this morning. That if you stay connected to the vine, if you stay connected to Jesus, this is what is produced in your life. Because you produce what you are connected to. You reap what you sow. The Bible says that a lot. And if you're connected to a grapevine, you're not all of a sudden going to produce apples. You're going to produce grapes. And if you're connected to Jesus, all the fruit of the Spirit is going to show itself in your life. If you're connected to a God that is faithful, he will grow faithfulness in you. 
the, as I mentioned yesterday, you know, the, the, the apple trees got cut down and uh, my backyard looks a little bit different. But the grapevine is still there. And uh, I haven't really wrapped my mind around what the sermon example is yet with that. But I'll, I'll come up with something, you know, later. The, the apple trees are not there anymore. But the grapes are there and they're still producing fruit. And we still, every time we have communion, right? There's jars in the kitchen. That is a picture of faithfulness. God's faithfulness. Never giving up. Never stopping. His love toward his, his people. So how do, we, how do we practice that? How do we reflect it? How do we mirror that to the people that, that are around it? Um, you, you spend time with Jesus, and you reflect on his faithfulness. Kind of what we did, you know, in prayer this morning. Uh, what we did this morning, remembering all the blessings that come from God. They are marks. They are reminders because we're forgetful people. They are marks of God's faithfulness to me and to you. And they speak to each one of us. And we, we respond you know, Monica had to do something with the faithfulness that God showed her. She had to share that with her husband and, and with her son. She had to extend that to people around it. And if you, if you just take God's faithfulness and, and you say thanks for, you know, the blessings and, and all these things that he's doing, and it sort of stops there, it stops with you, it's just internalized, then I would challenge you that you haven't really understood his faithfulness yet. That, that if it doesn't change you, if it doesn't transform you, it hasn't gotten all the way to your heart yet. Because God's faithfulness is so powerful, it's like his grace. It changes us. It transforms us. I was meeting with somebody who's been new to our church, and we were talking about God's grace. And, you know, he said, I've been going to church for a long time. I've been going to church for decades, but I never got God's grace. I never understood it. And maybe you could say that that's sad in a way that he never was in a Christian community that showed him God's grace. But to me, that's actually exciting because he's admitting, I've never understood grace. I can, you can go to church a long time, but you don't get how much God has done for you. You don't get the gospel. You don't see God's faithfulness. And then one day, usually because of something really hard in your life, you start to understand grace. And God brings you through that. Paul, in, in the 2 Corinthians passage, he is going through this list of everything that he's been through, all the hard things that he's been through. And is it just a bunch of complaints? Is it just a laundry list? No, it's signs that pointed him to God's faithfulness and what God could do. I mean, he, he makes quite a list. I mean, I haven't, uh, I haven't been through all the things that he's been through. None of us really have. But it puts, it puts God's faithfulness in, in its proper perspective. Um, and, it, you know, part of the passage that I didn't read 
is that he continues and, and he says in verse 7, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassingly great revelation, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How did Paul reflect God's faithfulness? He interpreted everything that he had been through uh, through what I'll call the faithfulness lens. Through the faithfulness lens. So we, we basically, you know, we, we think about our lives and we all kind of, we interpret our lives according to a story, a narrative, a lens, whatever you want to call it. And oftentimes, we, we really have these two choices. We have a choice to interpret them through a fearful lens through a lens of fear that says, well, this, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, this bad thing could happen, that bad thing could happen, I don't understand this, this, I don't want this, I don't like this. We can interpret our lives through this fearful lens. Or we can interpret our lives through a faithfulness lens to say, whatever comes at me, Whatever I'm going through, God is going to use it to make me more like Jesus, to to deepen my trust in him, to deepen my worship of him. And this is part of God actually revealing his faithfulness to me. Paul did that, and of course, Jesus was the greatest example of that. Um, Jesus was faithful to the end. Everything that God told him to do, everything that God revealed to him, Jesus was faithful. He did it. The Garden of Gethsemane, we see that, you know, most clearly. And that's the time when a lot of theologians and a lot of, you know, artists have pointed out that that time, that prayer is really what it hinges on. Because people sort of, if if Jesus was just a good human teacher, if he was just a healer, that sort of thing, well, at that point, the story all falls apart. But Jesus wasn't those things. He was the Son of God. And he prayed. He prayed. He said these things. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. He fell on his face. And he said, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus was faithful in that. You know, Jesus said, let this cup, the cup of your wrath, pass from me. But nevertheless, you know, not as I will, but as you will. That is a person that's dialed into God's faithfulness. That's the calling that's upon our life. Say, whatever God has us going through, we can see it through that faithfulness lens to say, he has a purpose for this. There's a bigger story here. 
In just a few minutes, we are going to sing together uh, one of my favorite hymns. I know it's my, my dad's definite number one favorite hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And the, the guy who wrote it, Thomas, Thomas Chisholm, he was looking back on his life. You know, he was 54 years old, and he was looking back on God's faithfulness over his whole life. And he wrote this incredible poem. But he didn't have an easy life. He didn't have smooth sailing. He had problems and troubles and, and sin, just like I have, just like you have. And he wanted to be, when he became a Christian as a young man in his 20s, he wanted to become a minister and he went through all the training and he got to his first church and within a few months he realized, I can't do this. I'm not cut out for it. Even physically, he was too sick and, and too infirm to be a minister. So he had to resign after a year. He had to resign and go sell insurance. That's a lot less exciting than ministry, i got to tell you. But he wasn't bitter. He wasn't jaded. And, you know, 30 years later, he wrote this incredible hymn. And you know what? This hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, it ministers to people now, you know, 100 years later. It ministers more than a thousand sermons could ever minister. And people are going to be singing this song until Jesus returns. Great is thy faithfulness. Based on these words from Lamentations 3, because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed. For God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Great is God's faithfulness. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you that your word speaks to us that you are a God of great faithfulness and that you, you long to grow this in us as well. That through our whole lives, through our whole journey on earth with, with you, we'll reflect your faithfulness to those around us. That we'll never give up on people, that we'll never give up on ourselves, and that your faithfulness will be revealed to us. God, thank you for this powerful hymn. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, amen.